as we continue this just one word series God said to us as we put this series together that as we simplify our lives to to declutter to move from clutter to clarity we had to focus on less things <laughs> and remain focused on a particular thing that God wants us to for a particular time. So we've invited you to concentrate on a word for the week. This is the sixth message, so this is the sixth word. My wife and I were talking last night and we were talking about what, what is the goal and my desire in this series is that you would memorize these words. They will form a word cloud in your mind, in your life. And you will be reminded of the word empowered. You will be reminded of the word thankful. You would be reminded of the word confident. You will be reminded of the word blessed. <laughs> and then certainly, as we shared on last week, you will be reminded of the word perseverance. And now we share with you a sixth word that will form that word cloud <laughs> so that when the enemy comes upon you, these are the words that shall come forth. Think about them. Call them back in your mind. Repeat them. I found myself every week saying them. They can out over and over and over again. Here's what I discovered is that my dialogue with God doesn't have to be wordy. <laughs> I don't need a whole lot of words. <laughs> I can just call one word thankful. Lord, I'm blessed. <laughs> Lord, I remain confident of this one thing. <laughs> And God speaks to me. Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry. Yes, Romans chapter 8 verse 28. New King James Version is the text. And let me preface this by saying this text is real special to me. I, I ask God to allow me to preach from this text at least once this year. And why it is special, you heard Mac talk about when I was called to the ministry in 1979. I preached my first sermon, some of you were there, uh, on November the 4th, 1979. Just graduated from college. Before I was married, I was a law school student in the middle of my first semester in law school. And God called me to the ministry and gave me this text to preach from. So it is special to me. I hope it becomes and it is special to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. New King James. And it reads, And we know hmm, that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And we know mm, mm, that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Before you sit down, do me a favor. Just look at someone and lift up this one word for this week. Look at someone and say purpose. Now clap those hands as you take your seat. Purpose. The sixth word added to the word cloud. Listen. It is said that understanding and accepting God's purpose for our lives is one of the keys to our long-term and true happiness and real success. If you want to truly be happy, if you really want to enjoy true success, 
not fake success, not temporary success, then understanding God's purpose and accepting God's purpose for our lives is absolutely the key. Listen, perhaps there aren't many things that I consider any sadder than someone who has lived most of their life without ever understanding or accepting God's purpose for their life. There aren't many things that breaks my heart more than to see someone who's still out there mandering around, always every week reinventing themselves. Somehow feeling they have to be validated over and over and over again by others. Living for the amount of followers they have on social media. Uh, Their moods are up and down based on who likes what they've posted. uh, Or what someone has said good or bad about them. Simply not understanding or accepting God's purpose for their lives. Now note, when I speak of purpose, I'm not speaking of something that is profound. I'm not speaking of something in which someone will always remember your name. Something that someone will always remember what you do or what you have done. Purpose is not associated with titles that are associated with who you are. Purpose is just living the life that God has called you to be. Just because you have a title or have a position doesn't mean that you are walking and living in God's purpose. Just because others look up to you doesn't mean God looks up to you. And just because others validate you, uh, it doesn't mean that God is pleased with what you're doing and who you are. Listen, one of my favorite authors, in fact, one of my favorite individuals is Pastor Rick Warren, who is pastor of Saddleback Church and who is the author of the highly acclaimed book entitled The Purpose Driven Life. In that book, The Purpose Driven Life, Pastor Rick Warren is quoted as saying, and I want you to see this. And this morning at 8, I saw people clicking with their cameras. Because you, if if you don't already know this quote, it's something you need to know. It is so important. Listen to what he says. Without God, life has no purpose. I don't care who you are. You can be an entrepreneur, an influencer, all the things you strive for. But without God, life has no purpose. He goes on to say, and without purpose, life has no meaning. And without meaning, life has No significance or no hope. You need God. You need purpose. In order for your life to have meaning, you need that. In order for your life to have significance, it has to have meaning. In order for your life to have meaning, it has to have purpose. It matters with God. For listen, it is important that we understand that there is a difference. And please listen to this. And I've prayed throughout this series that God will give me the ability to communicate this in a way in which you will not only comprehend, but that it will bless your life. Uh, And here's what God says. God says, we must understand that there is a difference between, please don't miss this, particularly my young people, uh, between our plans 
and God's plans. There is a difference between our purpose and God's purpose. Your plans for your life may not be God's plans. And God's plans for your life may not be your plans. We spend so much time trying to figure out, going to seminars and workshops and, 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 and having other people impart, quote, words of wisdom in our lives, trying to figure out who we are. And what is it uh, that God has for you and why you were placed on earth? And what God tells us is that what, what, what you hope happens to you is not always what God intends to happen for you. Who you want in your life is not always who God wants. In your, who you want to hook up with is not God's hookup. Can, can I preach? Who you think will make you happy is not someone God knows will make you happy. And perhaps your hookup and God's hookup are different because God doesn't emphasize the thing we emphasize. To God, it matters less about their shape or their bank account or uh, how fine they are or charismatic they may be. God says, I want you to end up with somebody that'll make you happy until you're old and gone. Every thrill does not produce happiness. Amen, somebody. And so what I've come to realize is that we have to appreciate God's plan. For God's plan is his purpose. Please don't miss this. God's plan is God's purpose. God has a plan for your life. The prophet Jeremiah writes in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 these iconic words. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. In other words, God says, I've got plans for you, but they're not always your plans. Listen, there's a wonderful reference of scripture that's found in the book of Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, the New Living Translation. And it talks about a young man by the name of Joseph. You know the story. Joseph at age 17 has a dream uh, that infuriates his brothers and they become jealous. See, everybody can't handle God's plans for your life. <laughs> they're, 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 oh, help me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There are folk who like you more before they figure out what God wants to do with your life. They like you less when God's plans become evident that God's going to use you, particularly if it means elevating you above them. Can I preach to somebody? And that's why you got to be careful who you share your dreams and your plans with. And I tell people who are so intent on putting everything on social media, be careful. Because some things God speaks to you, he don't want you to put out. Every plan, future plan in your life that God speaks to you, God does not want you to share it with everybody. Because there's some Joseph brothers out there. That will throw you in a pit. Although you may be their brother. That will sell you to the enemies. To the Ishmaelites. To take you to a foreign land called Egypt. And make you a prison. And so Joseph ends up in prison in Egypt. Having been thrown in a pit. Taken 
to Egypt. Now you've got to understand, and this is so important, one of the problems about reading history is, is that we sometimes lose focus of the time frame between the sentences. Preach Pastor Jackson, can I tell you this? We read a sentence and we think it happens right away, Pastor Lawson, not knowing he was 17 years old when he was put in the pit and 37 years old when he was elevated to the king's palace. Something happened in 20 years. In 20 years, he just had to live through a whole lot of hell, high water, backstabbers, haters. Am I right, Dr. Cheryl? And all these other folk he had to live. So don't you think your purpose is going to happen overnight? Sometimes we got to go through haters and hell and high water. Sometimes we got to go through a whole lot before God puts the exclamation mark behind the sentence. Joseph went through so much. And now Joseph is at the end of his life. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, the New Living Translation. And so, listen, his brothers now come to Joseph. Joseph is now second only to the king. He sits on the throne as the right-hand man to the king, the governor of all of Egypt. And these same brothers who sold him to slavery now kneel down before Joseph. They now profusely apologizes to Joseph. Their dad, Jacob, is dead, and they think Joseph wants revenge. But Joseph realized that their hate helped him out. Some people's dislike for you is the best thing that can happen to you. Some, some people who do not want anything to do with you is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Because as long as you still live around those haters, you'll never fulfill God's goal for you. And sometimes God takes pain to push us out of our comfort zone. Uh, now Joseph is in Egypt sitting on the throne about to save the very lies that tried to take his life. Joseph says to them as they kneel down to Joseph, he says, you intended to harm me. Here are the two words that we shout about all the time, but somebody shout, but God. <laughs> but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. In other words, thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone. Thank you, because if it had not been for y'all, I probably would have ended up just like y'all, a bunch of miserable middle-aged men with no purpose. But because of your hate, you pushed me out. Listen, I, I, I'm reminded, Mother Jackson, as we celebrate close to another anniversary, how God pushed this ministry out of our comfort zone. My dad and others tell the story of Mother Rose that how their intent was just to end up being the Bible Way Church of Arthurtown. And they had a little red building on the side of Bluff Road in Arthurtown and their goal was, Lord, we kind of like this and maybe one day you will allow us to add on to this little red building. But God said, I've got something a lot bigger than that old raggedy red building that y'all refuse to leave. So since you won't leave, I'll help you leave. And God burned it to the ground. 1966, building burns to the ground. And God forced us in an area called Atlas Road, thanks to Mother Sylvia Rose. And we go to the Atlas Road Elementary School in the cafeteria and have church. And every Sunday as we have church in the cafeteria, we look out of the window and there is a pot, acres of land right across the street from the school. And Bishop Jackson, Elder Lord, Deacon Frank English Jr. and others say, who owns that land? They say, nobody wants it because it's under power court. It's wet. It's damp. Nobody wants it. They say, well, God says, take a look at it. And they go and buy the land in 1967 and build a church. 1981 build another church. 2001 build a worship center. 2008 build Congaree Park. Build a dream center. Build a women's center. Build a Ruth house. Build an OID building 
What would have happened if the old raggedy church never burnt down? What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? Sometimes God push you out. So I just please don't take this the wrong way. But some of your relationships had to break up so God can set you up with somebody better. Somebody had to break your heart so you can get out of the mess you're in. Because some of you are so intertwined. Some of you are so entangled. Some of you are so in love with something that was not in love or somebody that was not in love with you. And God says, I've got to break your heart in order to put it back together again. And you never would have ended up where you are now if God had not ushered pain into your life. Somebody takes about 10, 20 seconds to give God thank you. Thank you for the pain. Thank you for the hardship. Thank you for the heartache. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I didn't want to have to go through it, but I'm glad I did. Uh, Because you had a plan for my life. Listen, one other quote that I want to share with you from Pastor Rick Warren. Pastor Rick Warren also writes in this same book, The Purpose Driven Life, these most profound words. And, and, And if you don't remember anything else, please remember these words. Because... This is for somebody. Listen to what he writes. And this is why I love this author. And I love his simplistic way of communicating. Pastor Rick Warren says, and I'll quote, You cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life while focusing on your own plans. Please leave that up there a little while longer. If you are obsessed with your own plans you would never fulfill God's purpose for your life. And if you want to walk in God's purpose for your life, you've got to forget about your own plans. And you've got to say, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in my life. Because see, God, God will send you roundabout different kind of ways to end up where God wants you Uh, to end up you never would have chosen that pathway for yourself but God but God had a way of doing what only God could do and sometimes you got to go through a little stuff in order to get to where God wants you to go let me testify I, I, I said this this morning did not prepare to say it, uh, but I've got so much, so many people communicated to me bet- between eight and this service. I want to share it again. My own personal testimony is this. You heard me say on November the 4th, 1979, I preached my first sermon. First semester of law school. Graduated from Benedict College. Just so you know, so God can get the glory. One Benedict College every year gives out a most distinguished student award. It is given to one student every year. I receive that upon graduation. Professors, others, kudos, high fives, you're on your way. Admitted to law school, having interned for Governor Dick Riley as a senior in college. In the middle of law school, on a Monday night, God speaks to me, living in my parents' house. Uh, had completed first year of law school, passed all my courses. On my way, because if you know anything about law school, after you complete the first year, it's all downhill. So I was ready, and God speaks to me and said, this is not where I want you to be. And I said, Lord, obviously you're talking to somebody else. Because remember, I'm supposed to be the next Thurgood Marshall. Now, no, 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 Lord, you, you cannot be talking to me. I want to be like I.S. Levy Johnson. I want to be like Hemphill Pride. I want to be like all of my local and national heroes. And the Lord said, this is not for you. CIU University was on a quarterly system, sure. God said to me on that Monday night, when you wake up Tuesday, I want you to take your books, take them to law school, quit, Get in 
your car, drive down Monticello Road, and enroll in seminary. Tears streaming down my eyes before I was married to my wife. I'm about to get married in July. Here it is, the first of the year. I, I'm in law school. I had all of these plans. And God said, they're not my plans, son. They, God said, they look like your plans. And the reason I know they're your plans because you wrote it down in 11th grade. What you wanted. But what you failed to ask is what does God want? Can I preach? Tuesday morning, get up, drive to Assembly Street, University of South Carolina Law School, meet with the wonderful uh, Dean of Students, African-American who, who was wonderful, Dr. Kenneth Gaines, who helped me so very much. I still to this day look up to Dr. Gaines. I walk into the office, handful of books, put them on his desk, and says, I'm quitting. He says, what? When? I says, now, today. He says, no, 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 you can't quit today. Listen, you're on your way. You're going to be good. We're going to be proud of you. And I'm still confused. I say, I've got to quit today. He says, wait a minute. He picks up the phone, calls somebody else who calls somebody else who knew me. They come in and they say, before you quit, we're wondering if you can go visit this place. We think you're having an emotional breakdown. Take, take two days sabbatical and check yourself in. I said, no, I'm clear of what God wants in my life. I've got to quit right now. And he said, what do you want me to do with all these books? They're worth $600 in 1979 or 80. And I said, give them to somebody. I don't want the money nor the books because I'm convinced that this is what God's tears streaming down my face. On my way. And for the next few years, my life was pure D hard. <laughs> That's just for you, mother, okay? <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> I was broke. I was married. I couldn't afford a car or the gas in the car. I couldn't afford a couch or a chair or, as Kay Patterson would say, a window to throw stuff out. <laughs> I was broke. And I thought I had made a mistake. And to compound all of that, one of my college mentors, one of the greatest professors in my life, who touched me unlike anybody else, loved me unconditionally, I loved her. I ran across her somewhere she did not know. She asked me how it was law school. I told her, I says, Dr. Davis, I've quit. She says, son, no, what are you going to do? I said, God called me to the ministry. Here are her words. She says to me, Deacon Glover, crying. She was crying. I'm crying. She says, Daryl, son, I hope you don't end up as another old broke preacher. Don't throw it away. And so tears streaming down my face, I was already broke. <laughs> and I said, Lord, that's how I'm going to end up. <laughs> I'm going to end up my life as an old broke preacher. And when I retire, the church will give me a Timex and some potato salad and chicken and say, have a good life. Y'all know that's what they do to preachers when they retire. And God says, no, son. That's not what I have for you. Which brings me to the text. And thank you for indulging me in my testimony. It brings me to Romans 8.28. And I told you I had just preached that. Romans 8.28 on November the 4th, 1979. I quit law school February 1980. And God reminded me. Having dropped out of school. Tears streaming down my face. God says, son, I've got something better for you. He 
say, remember your message. He says, pull it up again. And so I pulled up the scripture uh, of Romans 8. But before I could get to verse 28, I considered verse 1 and verse 18. Romans 8, 1. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. But they walk according to the spirit then Paul writes in verse 18 of Romans chapter 8 for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in you in other words God says something good coming after this something great after this somebody take a praise break and give god your best praise for something's coming after this Woo! come on somebody help me praise him help me praise him help me Woo! and then May I preach? Should I preach? Can I preach? Will y'all help me preach? Somebody, I know you got on masses, but somebody through the masses shall preach, preacher. Ooh, uh, thank y'all for the encouragement. Then, chapter 8 and verse 28. Two, uh, two translations I want to share. First, the New King James Version, as we read earlier. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. But I really like the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version writes, and we know with great confidence that God, who is greatly, deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good, for those who love God, to those who are the call according to his purpose look at the word look at the word three key observations from this one verse and I'll take my seat my time is up I'm on the COVID worship plan okay, okay. Uh, but three key observations from this text and I hope they bless you number one is this Paul begins this verse with a declaration or a statement of faith Whew. you've got to begin with a statement of faith faith is the substance of things that are hoped for the evidence of things that are not seen paul begins this verse 28 with these three most profound words and we know. <laughs> somebody help me worship. Ah, somebody open your mouth and say, and we know. The enemy ought to know what you know. The enemy ought to know who you know. The enemy ought to know what you know about God. The old church will say, what you know about Jesus? Y'all don't make me preach that. Anybody know something about Jesus? I know, I know, I know. I'm Deacon Nazareth. He's all right. <laughs> He's all right. And, and we know. Somebody help me praise God. Somebody just say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. 
know he's a healer. I know he's a heart fixer. I know he's a mind regulator. I know he's a doctor in the sick room. Y'all come on. Come on. Raise the roof. Clap your hands. Celebrate. And we Listen, Paul was not wishing, Paul was not hoping, Paul was declaring something that he already knew and believed. When you get in trouble, you ought to declare something you already believe. When you get the report, Gwen, that is cancer, somebody ought to say, and I know that by his stripes I'm already healed Woo, yo. I, I'm trying to get out of here but anybody know he's a doctor anyone know he's a he's a he's a really good doctor Woo. and we know and we let me say something about your family, Mother Jackson, and we, anybody else, and we, second, second key, second key insight. Not only does Paul declare his faith, but Paul declares that God, listen to this, mm -hmm. God causes all things to work together for our good. I need you to note something. If you notice on the, on the image on the screen, I've underlined the word note. Note, he does not say that all things in our lives will be good. <laughs> Am I preaching to anyone? Part of your life experiences will break your heart. Some things you're going to have to go through in life that will knock you flat on your back. Sometimes you've got to cry all night long. You know one of my favorite songs is the old church song, Trouble in My Way. Woo! I had to cry sometimes. I laid awake at night. Woo! But that's all right. Jesus will fix it after a while. Is there anybody that know that it may not be good, but it will work out for your good? Everything that is for your good is not always good. It may not be good to you, but it's good for you. Somebody ought to give God a hand of praise and tell God thank you. Thank you. Woo! He's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out. Wave at somebody and say, God's working it out. God is. God is. God is. Y'all excuse me. That's a good place to put a quick praise. Y'all excuse me. God is. God is. God is. working it out for my good for my Woo! y'all make the devil mad and praise God 
he works it out. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Somebody has a testimony. Someone has a testimony. He's working it out. He's working it. Insight number three. Stand to your feet wherever you are. For those of you that are joining us virtually, stop doing any and everything you are doing and concentrate on this last key insight as we prepare to end this message. All things will work together for our good look at that next word only when we live our lives according to God's purpose for our life it will never work out if you are not living your life according to God's purpose for your life no relationship will ever work no job will ever be enough no church would ever meet your expectations no preacher will ever be good enough because the problem is not in the preacher the job the relationship but the problem is you're not walking living your life according to God's purpose. Somebody shout purpose. To those of us who live our lives according to God's purpose, scripture says the steps of a good person are what? Ordered by the Lord. And this is the part that I really like. And though they may fall, they will not be destroyed how many of you know your steps so ordered purpose matters hashtag purpose matters one of our members sent me this between the 8 and 11 <laughs> brother Sean Glover who lives in St. Matthew South Carolina was listening to the service this morning Pastor Lawson sent me a powerful testimony at the end Sean said hashtag purpose matters it matters. That's why our steps are ordered by the Lord. Fred Hammond wrote this awesome, incredible song. Bill and the worship and arts team, the choir, are coming now. Ooh, we're done. But the altar is just beginning. Ooh, if I were you, I would not leave. If, if I was someone who has logged in, I would not log off yet. Because this is now you and God. Fred Hammond writes as we open this altar and invite those of you who would like to come with your mask on come. Every step of a righteous man is ordered by God. Mm. Though you may not know his mind, he will reveal it all in time. Just know till then. <laughs> I love this song. It is my testimony. Your steps are ordered by God when it seems like my mountains are too high and I'm tired of the climb when it feels like my patience is frustrated with time I depend on the spirit 
to gently remind when my faith is challenged and my vision is obscured when I'm hanging on by a thread and my footings unsure I look to the spirit for one word to help me endure that word is ordered ordered I'm not walking in my own directions but when your steps are ordered by the Lord it's not your will but it's God's will I've stopped trying to get other people to understand the pathway that God has me on and sometimes human understanding would never understand but when you're walking and you're trusting in God then you know that all things work together for good they may not all be good but it'll work for your good building the choir and the worship and arts team comes right now Just know till then your steps are ordered Ooh. by God. Come on, help me sing it. Every step, every step.
something. Come on, order up. Hell is a battle. He knows exactly what you've been going through. Just allow me to conclude the testimony I told you earlier. Cousin Helen, you would appreciate this. So, this professor who is absolutely someone I adore, she adores me. So, several years ago, I'm invited back to my alma mater, Benedict College. And they bestow upon me an honorary doctorate degree. And one of the people that I encountered and run into was this wonderful, wonderful woman. Tears streaming down her face. Dr. Mariana Davis, she and I see each other. And she hugs me so tight. Here's what she says that blesses me, mother. She says, Daryl. Thank you for becoming a preacher because I listen to you every week and your words have made a difference. Y'all see, y'all don't, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Keisha, it, it, it brought tears to my eyes because I just didn't want to let her down. But she says, thank you so much listening to the voice of God what are you saying is that when you listen to the voice of God it'll work out all right Bill (laughs) it will work out and I know you've made tremendous sacrifices and others but I'm here to tell you it's not in vain when you do what God calls you to do God said it'll work out and we know that all things work together for good Somebody say order. Come on, Bill. Tell them once again. Come on. Somebody just order. Anybody know that God's ordering your steps? Order. 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 Close those eyes. Do me a favor. Just put your hands right on your heart. This message today is personal. It's God's purpose for you. (laughs) Not God's purpose for the church. Not God's purpose for your family. But I'm talking right now about God's purpose for you (laughs) and when you follow his purpose for you everything will end up all right it may not happen tomorrow next week or next year but one day you will be able to have the testimony that Joseph had what you meant it for you but God intended it for my good. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for yet another word in this one word series. Thank you for allowing us to hear word concerning purpose. Thank you, Lord, 
thank you for just allowing me to share my own personal testimony concerning your purpose for my life my prayer is that it will help and bless someone else I thank you for the testimonies of those that are under the sound of my voice some right now Lord they've had similar experiences that I had others perhaps did not understand your instructions for their lives but you reminded them that it is your plan and your purpose and we say thank you but when we walk in purpose it may not always be something that people would pat us on the back for but at the end of the day we will enjoy the peace of God that surpasseth all human understanding. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody join in with the team right now in the choir and begin to worship God and say amen right now. Come on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are numbers on the screen to those of you that are here as you return to your seat. Ministers are in the back. If you want to commit your life to the Lord, if you want to join the church, you want to make a commitment to the Lord right now. Amen. Just see someone in the back. Amen. Thank you. Call those numbers on the screen. See somebody in the back right now. If you, if wherever you are, you want to make that commitment. Yeah, just see someone. Uh, tell the Lord, I want to make that commitment right now. As we stand for the benediction, thank you so much for being a part of this worship experience. Just remember, develop your word cloud. Add this six word to the other five words that we've given you. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, tell him I'm empowered, I'm blessed, I'm confident, I'm thankful, I have perseverance, and there's a purpose <laughs> for my life. Join us on Tuesday night as we continue words of encouragement, the study of the Psalms. We will share with you another, another Psalm that God has given us for this week. Thank you. Thank you for your vision offerings. To all of you that so faithfully give to this ministry, thank you so much for trusting God and believing in us. When you see all that God has done, and I shared part of the testimony of when that church burnt down, God had everything in place. Bill's mother, Mother Lord, was the PTA president at Atlas Road Elementary School. Reverend C.R. Neal was the principal. They allowed us to use the cafeteria free of charge. God needed us to be there so we could look out of the window and see this. <laughs> and everything has worked according to God's plans. Listen, I leave you with this. You may not understand what God is up to, but you have to trust him when you can't trace him. You have to trust him when you don't understand and watch God allow it to work out for your good now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us now tomorrow and forevermore and all of those that love God's word and want to walk according to his purpose help me say amen God bless you Purpose. Purpose matters. Amen. shared your worship experience with us. If you desire prayer, please call 
776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.